What? 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 Hello, hello, everyone. Oh, hi. It's on and off the pitch. I'm Rodney Cyrus, and this person's Emma. How you doing, Emma? Hi, I'm okay, thanks, Rodney. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Wonderful. Um, yeah, it's as we're we're now live. We're very much professional, um, talking all things WSL FAWC. Yeah. Smashing it week in, week Smashing out. It. Week in and week out. We bring you the hot stuff and women's football. I don't know where that accent came from. No, don't do it again. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're talking all things WSL and FAWC. And you know what? Before I get into it, right, I just had this that random thought. And as I was typing the tweet to say that I was doing this, I thought, if anyone wants to come on, I will check the on and off the pitch Twitter DMs and uh, you might come on and you might want to talk about your team. Yeah, come on. There you go. Yeah, just mix up. it up. Mix it up. Mix it up. That's it. We've got a comment already. We've got a comment. Um, who's the comment from? This is what's going on. It's from Shahan. It says, evening, very early tonight, isn't it? It is, Shahan. It is. It is. You know what it is? This is because... I wasn't sure about what I was doing and I left it very, very late in terms of my communication with Emma and Emma being the consummate professional was saying, I'm in from five and I thought, well, I'm finishing a little bit early today. So why don't we crack on and see if we can get those tea time viewers and break them away from their home and away and neighbors. So yeah, that's why we're here. But thanks for the comment, Sharon. Thanks for the comment. Plus I need an early night. And 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 I'm <laughs> um, I'm interrupting the life of other people by saying, "Shall we start at six thirty? Shall we start at six? No. Sometimes it's good to be early, and I'm I'm grateful because I too can have an early night and and watch something. <laughs> Craig Craig has put a comment. He's got a Craig wants to watch Bake Off. I'm not That's doing exactly any. what he said to me before we went live. That's exactly what he said. Is it Bake Off? Let's and, and try it. Yeah, and uh, Stuart he says, this time suits me as it's pre-Nippers bedtime. Stuart, I remember those days well. 7 o'clock, 6.37, trying times for a parent. Trying times, what's this? And he says, do people actually watch live TV these days? No, just live football. I was going to say live <laughs> TV. Mm, that's a good question, you know. Do they watch live TV? Well, look, um, this weekend... Women's football weekend, big thing, big push, lots of razzmatazz. Emma, from your point of view, you know, apart from the score, which we will get into. Can't wait. <laughs> um, do you think it, it, it kind of lived up to expectation with the push? Do you think it was big enough? Did you think that were fans happy? Were you happy? Um, I was just, I was just kind of pleased to see. A good attendance at the academy. I think that was our best attendance that we've seen this season. Um, I think it was more along the lines what I was kind of expecting for the FA Cup semi-finals, to be honest, which mm. really disappointed um, in terms of fans and spectators that were in the stadium. So, um, yeah, it was pleasing to see sort of almost double of that um, on Sunday. Yeah. Um, no. To be honest, I, I, I kind of think there's been a lot of press, uh, a lot of good press. Mm -hmm. um, 
But in terms of attendances, I, I, I kind of expected a little bit better. I know some records have been broken. Bristol, yeah. Um, yeah. Brighton, was it, I think, as well? Yeah. Um, always pleasing to see. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think, you know, it would have been nice to have a, a bit of a more of a showpiece game, I think. Um, obviously, we had the North London derby on the Saturday, and that turned out to be a, a great spectacle for the neutral, I think. Um, yeah. You know, Tottenham obviously really given Arsenal a game and and they were probably just unlucky not to get anything out of it to be honest but I, I, th- I always think it's a great advert for the women's game to be honest and yeah. you know I, I think it was nice what was pleasing for me is it's just random I'm not going to get that <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I, just... do, do you know what I actually thought that was me and I was thinking <laughs> what about Chris anymore I think what was pleasing <laughs> I don't know hold on let me turn it off. You should answer it. This is just so that everyone knows this is live. No. <laughs> Hello. Right. So I kind of. <laughs> it won't be anyone. It'll just be a cold, cold caller or whatever. Um, I think what was pleasing for me from a, a really random point of view is that uh, it just in general, just hearing I, I was out having a meal before the game and I was in a pub and. There was this older couple uh, sat next to us on another table and and they were talking about the women's game. They weren't going to the game or anything like that, oh, but just nice. having a, you know, when you just overhear a conversation, general chit-chat, yeah. and they were talking about the game. And then Faye, my wife, she uh, was in work the other day and one of the girls went into her work and they were talking about the football, about the women's game. So just to hear those conversations a bit more openly, I think it's just always pleasing to see, you know, and hear because you kind of just feel that, yeah, we are sort of going in the right direction and it is becoming a bit special, I think. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I I mean, I went to watch one particular day, game in the Championship and I think geography plays a, a big part in terms of what you, what you get in terms of crowds. Um, but what I, I would say is that there was lots of chatter and lots of press and lots of advertisement from a number of different teams. And it, it did feel good. It did feel inclusive. And to be honest, it was a welcome. It was it, for me, it was great to actually watch football that wasn't international football because, you know, some of the games in international football for the men's is absolutely pony. Mm-hmm. You know, really, yeah, it is. When people talk about, oh, the women's game, I'm not thinking, really, I can't get excited about England beating San Marino 10 nil yeah i just cannot you know i'd rather go and watch a wholehearted game in the wsl in the championship in just local football and just think you know what i don't know much about these teams but i'm going to watch it and be engaged with them and as far as i'm concerned um it it will it will will tell me something about the level of the game and those that are playing and uh, i felt for the the women's and, and Craig made a really good, there was something that Craig did on Twitter. Sorry, Craig, for using your name in vain. Um, he retweeted something and it was about, you know, fan engagement. And um, <laughs> I'm just reading some of the comments. It, fan engagement and about how important it was for fans and how important it was for teams that had had the home game and fans being present. And he said, well, why don't you get the fans? It was almost like, why don't you get the fans in front of the camera then and have more of that conversation? And what you have had um, when it's been um, 
a high profile game that you've had, especially with the Manchester Derby, they had that little preamble where the fans were talking to, you know, they had that little kind of video montage, you know, the fans were saying one liners and it was really good. Not enough of that from fans, not just about Manchester teams, but from Chelsea or Spurs or any, any of them that we're not engaged with the fans and say, we want to speak to you about your journey. We want to speak to you about your, there's not, there's nothing. And if you don't actually bring, it's not, I think it's not just about the football. It's about the experience on the day. What do fans give up to go and watch these teams? Mm. What do they give up? Travelling from Manchester to London, you're getting up at six, maybe five. Midday kickoff. Similar if you're travelling up from south to the north. You know, there is there are stories, no different to the stories in men's football, but there are stories that told in a very different way and have very different individuals. Just You just have to be inclusive. And I think... You know, as much as the press were, you know, really on point with, with promoting it and there was lots of chatter and lots of promotional stuff from everything that we do, me and you and Craig and Bristol and just everyone who's doing stuff in terms of a fan, fan channel and Stuart and all of that, there seems to be a lack of engagement with fans, which is why I said at the very beginning, I'm going to keep checking the Twitter and just be like, if anyone wants to come on and say something, you can, I'll send you the link. Say hi. Yeah, I, I kind of feel it's 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 right, you know. Why? I kind of feels like why are we just choosing this one weekend for yeah. everyone to just make that little bit more of an effort? Um, one of the things, one of my takeaways from the weekend actually was um, something that Sky Sports did um, mm. here in in actually in Manchester, and I never knew this, and and yet I've been follow, um Obviously, probably everyone knows Helen Hardy. She obviously. Mm. Uh, she's got her own podcast, um, yeah. and she, you know she does a lot of, you know, uh, work with the radio, and especially locally here in Manchester. And yeah. uh, she's obviously a founder of Foundries and and Manchester Laces as well. And they've got uh, such a really good thing going. I thought it was excellent that they've that the media, Sky Sports themselves, highlighted the the good things that they were doing. But the one of the one of the things that came out of it was. Uh, obviously, they recorded it in a, in a pub local in Manchester, and that pub actually makes uh, a point of obviously showing the women's game. You know, if there's a women's football game on, they will show it. Mm. And I just thought, you know what? I don't actually think of it like that. Like, I would love to go and watch football in a pub, you know, with my friends or socially. Why not? But it's not something I ever think about doing because I know I wouldn't even know where to to go to go and watch that and they're and they're just saying you know we are showing the women's games and I just thought you know what that's absolutely brilliant like if more pubs and and um you know did that and it, you know you've got your punters in there and that you know they've probably not watched a women's game before and they see it and sort of start to engage with it like it, it's really good and, and in return and that make that might make somebody go along to a game that you know starts to take interest in it and I just thought, you know, that's brilliant. And for the the times where maybe I can't get to an away game, I might just say, oh, do you want to go and watch it in the pub? Now I know there's somewhere that we can perhaps go and watch it. Like, I think that's brilliant. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And, and probably not enough promotion. Yeah, you know, exactly. I, I just, just from what you said, because I didn't see that bit, I'm just thinking, okay, so if there is a pub that shows with the women's game and it was women's football weekend, um, how many people are uh, can access that pub and say, you know what, we'd like to do a podcast there, we'd like to do um, yeah, video right. footage there, we'd like to do a record, you know, because then what you do is you bring in additional clientele, you bring in more 
attraction in terms of eyes on the venue to say, oh, this is what's happening here. This is yeah. what they do. And like with football, there is kind of, not copycat, is, is, you know, duplicating good practice is what you'd like to say. That if it can happen in one town where there are two big clubs, then as sure as it can happen in London, yeah, where there are so many it. clubs, I mean, Birmingham, yeah. you know, Bristol, I mean, gosh, the, the, the amount of people I know in Bristol are forever wondering why that that part of the world doesn't have a Premier League team, but they have, you know, a women's team that people can go and talk about and they had a really good good turnout for their game. I'm just thinking this, there is a missed opportunity, but, you know, it sounds like it was a good weekend. It was lots of PR. Um, yeah, but so. just just a, a, a little bit more, just a little bit more. Yeah. Any PR is good PR, I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. game at the moment. But, I, you know, it's just, like I said, it's a shame that we're just using this one weekend where ultimately, where, you know, these broadcasters and that are making this extra bit of effort. But let's just push it a little bit more uh, because I think it's successful and it just shows that there is, uh, you know, an outlet for it. Definitely. There is, there is more than just an outlet. There is a, a huge, huge appetite mm. for, for it to happen. And, and I think it should happen. Um, I'm just looking at the comments. Was the comments the last one? I've got to show this is a uh, Craig says, What a ringtone! <laughs> sure, it's, Craig. It's not, it's not the kind of ringtone you want to have in a horror film, though, is it, Craig? Oh, Shh, be awful. quiet. Like I said, you don't even use these phones anymore. They're like, honestly, <laughs> oh, oh gosh, I'm so uh, embarrassed. Shahan's <laughs> humor. I've been listening to um, Vixen Cast podcast. It's it's a the pop culture references keep coming and uh, DM and, and Nat just like, what? <laughs> uh, hold the line, Shahan. Always. Always. And uh, Shahan, come <laughs> back with another one. <laughs> uh, recurring issue when Bristol City play at Ashton Gate, the camera is is only on, only on stand where the fans are. Good thing the camera is facing the fans when they play at the Robins High Performance Centre. I, I just think there needs to be a conversation with the fans. And it's not just about them screaming and shouting and them being a visual backdrop, you know, like B-roll in a movie as it moves from one end to another. They're part of the game. And um, very much, not necessarily key characters, but vocal, very vocal. Shall we get into, shall we get into the football chat? Can I say one more thing? Just yeah, one, go. You're just talking about key characters. Um, at the weekend, I did uh, a, a bit of work for Copper90, um, taking over their Instagram. And when they sent me through the brief, uh, one of the... I don't even know if I should be saying this, to be fair. Say it, say it, say it. In their brief, uh, one of their things was to look out for key characters. Uh, so so they kind of, And an example of that was Maria at Arsenal. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was expecting Natalie from the Barmy Army on the, underneath it all, but it didn't. But but there are just that there there are um, you know key characters, you know key you know that you you recognise familiar faces. There are you know I think you know quite recently a lot of city in particular. I think there was a there's a young girl that obviously um, is a big fan of Ellie Wilbrook, and she seems to be on social media quite a lot. So there are sort of clubs are being known for those sort of individuals and and characters like you say and uh there are a lot of interesting people at these games and if we can home in that and tap into that 
um, and have those conversations. I mean, I, I know as a network, you know, we've all been talking to one another for a long time. So yeah. um, there are some interesting people. And, and, and that is primarily what I love about this game, that there are so many great people out there. Yeah, and to be honest, it, it is all about the great people. I almost thought it was like a Beatles song there. Is that a lovely people? <laughs> yeah, it's a different track. Um, <laughs> right, let's talk a little bit about the football, right? Um, obviously, I should stop saying obviously. It's not obviously. It's apparent <laughs> that something didn't go well for a certain team in Manchester. Uh, and I, I, I believe it, it should begin with you so that we can get this part of the chat out of the way and you can recover in good stead and be jolly towards the end of the, the chat. I will try. What's going on? What's going on? Oh, <laughs> That's just the question on everyone's lips at the moment. What is going on at City, isn't it? Um, just not got the answer for it, to be honest, Rodney. I just... I don't know. I was kind of expecting a bit more. Um, it didn't really deliver. Um, it wasn't anywhere near good enough. Um, and I think this next sort of period up until Christmas is pivotal um, in terms of getting the results in the league, especially. And I think if if we can't, um, I've got to say... Don't um, say it! No, I... I what? No, don't. <laughs> we don't want to go down the route of the Premier League. Don't, don't, you know don't, what? No, 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 no. No, let me say it. Let no. me say it. Right. Just let me say it because okay. I can't. I'm all for giving him time. I really am. But this isn't a. Tra like I said this on Twitter. This isn't a transitional period. This isn't a rebuild. We've got a squad of very good players. And we, at the helm of that, we need a manager that is able to get the best out of them and make the right decisions at the right time. And he's not doing it. He's not getting the best out of the players. He's not utilising the squad to the best of its abilities. And it's not working. And it doesn't lie with the players. It lies with the manager. And I, I am really worried heading into the weekend against Villa. I really am. Um... And that's not like me um, at all. I never um, thought I'd actually hear that sentence, you know. No, I, I, I just can't. Worried about yeah. Villa. Worried about Villa. And that's what I mean. It's, it's strange it's times mad. we're living. It's mad. Um, I'm just, you know, and then when you look at it on paper and you look at you look at the table, you look at the wins, you look at the losses, you look at the draws, and by our standards, it's simply not good enough. And... And I, I can't understand why the club are happy just to kind of go with emotion. Even with the players returning from injury, um, I still don't think that it should be upon those players to then come back into the squad and just everything be okay. Because I, you know, I, I just think we've got we've got good enough players there that are capable to be able and and you know proven players um you know with enough behind them to to and enough experience or is behind them to you know to be able to get these results so it i i am starting to worry to be fair you said something that i want to come back to just one thing and i said you say it's not about the manager it's not about the players it's about the manager 
you know, you've got good enough players. Do you think that some of the players have been there too long? Um, well, come from come <laughs> summer, they won't bloody be there if they don't trust the manager. Uh, this is uh, this is what I'm thinking at the moment. Um, you know, we've got a lot of players that are coming to to the end of the contracts, um, and it's always always really pleasing to see players to commit, commit to the club. Uh, but I just worry if Taylor is still in um, in his role. Um, I think it will speak volumes if, therefore, these players don't continue to commit to cl- the club and maybe don't necessarily trust the process. And and the oh, thing- don't, that, that, that's a Manchester United word. Let's not use that. <laughs> Let's not go down there. That just brings um, up a whole different kind of nightmare. Let's move. It depends. It depends who you're looking at. It depends who you're looking at. Are you, are you talking about the more well, senior players? Or? Well, look, you, 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 you're, you're using Jill Scott in the centre of defence, right? Farmed out on loan the previous season. Wasn't sure. All talk about her doing her coaching badges. You bring in Alana Kennedy, who's meant to be a defensive player on the bench. Yeah. I don't get it. If you're no not sure, if, <laughs> I, I, no. But I'm, I'm I'm looking at it and I think to myself, well, if you if you are, you've got to take. I'm, I'm kind of questioning whether some of the players have been there too long. So therefore, the, the personnel, you know, that he, that he has or the club have, don't fit what they need to do going forward, or as you say, that he's he's not able to utilize or change the system because he he, he wants to score goals, but you're leaking goals now. Most managers under pressure go to a three at the back and play wing backs. So even if you played Jill Scott in centre back, then play Alana Kennedy and um oh, so her name is Gates. How can it I forget it's just think of it right now? Greenwood. So you play three, okay. you play. So what you have then is from from that position, Greenwood is very good at passing the ball out. So you've got then you've got Stokes on one side, Stanwell on the other, and therefore you've got your flexibility going forward. So you've got your protection. But because I look at Man City and, and even with the arrival of Bunny Shaw, there is this diehard refusal that it's got to be Ellen White or nothing else. And I don't get it. Mm. Chelsea have shown we've, we've got two strikers for every team. That's it. Yeah, We've got two strikers. It doesn't matter who it is. We're playing two strikers to keep your back four busy. Mm. And that's... Think- and, you can't play a flat back four against any Chelsea turn up with two strikers. You've got to make sure your defence is protected. So even if you play three at the back and you then put like you have a, a, a central core, like three and one holding, then it then it changes the thinking of the opponent. But to play a fat a flat back four, I almost said back back five. That's for Oli. It's another, oh, it's another basically, it's 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 very traditional. Oh. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, everybody, everybody knows how to defend with the back four, you'd hope. But <laughs> it, it almost gets too technical. And then, yeah. because the technical awareness and the technical ability isn't there of that position, and they're not aware of where they need to be and when they need to go and when they need to come back, it's, you know, it, it almost makes us look stagnant. And yeah. I kind of feel that, um, yeah, you've got two. To, I, I almost feel at times that Greenwood is literally trying to carry carry the team right through these games at the moment. And, you know, she's been outstanding at times yeah. despite the results. Um, I, it, is, it is baffling. It yeah. is quite literally baffling. Um, 
Right. And, and and no, we can't get your head around it. And it it's a concern. Um, and I, and I, I don't know. This is the problem. This is it. Know. Right. Okay. So it's the what would you do? This is for you, Emma. What would I do? I've got. Yeah. What would you do? I've got players sat on my bench that are. <laughs> now my other phone's ringing. Oh my god, what a disaster. Anyway. Karaoke. <laughs> so um I've Hard got sell. players on yeah, I've got players on the bench there that play in the positions that I'm looking to fill, that know the roles, that know what's expected of them, that are seasoned in that in their in their roles. Maybe not so much like Ruby Mace, but I still would give her an opportunity. Um, and have put my faith in her. You know, I think somebody like Ruby, who's quite young, you know, needs a bit of an arm around her. Right, go on, go and see what you can do. Let's see what you can do. We've got nothing to lose. Got yeah. nothing yeah. to lose at all uh, by giving her the opportunity. And to be honest, when she's been given it, she's played well. Uh, so I can't understand it at all. It, it is a very difficult... I mean, if you had to choose, would you get rid of the manager now? And if you did, who would you bring in? That's it. I'm just asking you now because you might as well because this this sounds like it's going to be a long one. Um, I would give him. I would quite happily give him up until the end of the season, but then I am worried that we'll be well really far behind uh, come the summer it, because then it then essentially it does turn into a rebuild um, and you know, maybe a season or two where, you know, we're having to bring ourselves back to pay, back back up to up to the standards of, of you know, your Arsenal and your Chelsea. Um yeah. So essentially we'll probably lose time doing that. Do we do it now and give ourselves a six month head start on next season? Um honestly it's a catch twenty two for me at the moment. It's it's and I'll think about it. It's so clinical in your thinking that to say, you know what this season's been written off. Let's do it now. Um, and, and I suppose you can do that because you know there are so many games or so few games in the league that you can make a difference. If there were more teams, then there would be more chance to get more points. But yeah. that's the, the, the dynamic. It's, it's, about the, it's about the domestic cups now, really. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not that asked. I'll be honest. Yeah. I'm really not. Well, look, Emma, we can, we can talk a little bit more about Manchester City. I've got more questions for you, but we'll, we will come back. I just want to be easy, easy. Easy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I want to be easy with you. Um, okay, right. I'm going to rattle through the results and then we can talk about certain ones in, in a little bit in detail. Um, West Ham and Reading 2-2. Two, two. Um, I would say that's a good result for Reading. Away, yeah. I, because I, I would I put money on West Ham winning that game. Um, Leicester. Um, go to Brighton and they lose 1-0. Um, I have a specific comment about Leicester, but unlucky for Leicester. Uh, Birmingham host Aston Villa. You know, second City derby. Um, gritty win for Villa, but they get the win, so they get the points. The North London derby, which isn't really in North London, but it's Londonish, isn't it? It's kind of not where those teams are, but it's over a little bit. The other side. Yeah. It's almost like a, an away day for both teams. Um, one one, and and um, 
I would say that Arsenal up until that point, we talk a little bit about Arsenal, and I'll talk a bit Man United in a, in a minute, but Arsenal up until that point, I would have said that they were, they were unstoppable. That's what I would have, you know, that's the label I would have said that, that Arsenal are right now. But Spurs under Rian Skinner has, well, they've demonstrated that one, they have game management, which is really important. They have game management and the structure is right. The, the information about what's required by every player is correct. And the application of the instruction is on point. And I mean, you mentioned last time that if Spurs get another striker to help Williams up front, they'd be a real serious team. I didn't think that Arsenal would drop points in this game. But Tottenham, every time they went forward, their, their pattern of play was was out of the ordinary. It made me think, oh, wow, this I haven't seen that before. And it caught Arsenal off guard. So they're, they're definitely building something there. I thought it was, for, from a neutral point of view, a very, very good game um, to watch. And it showed two contrasting styles. One with a team that had bags of flair, bags of um, attacking options, and another team who didn't have the same amount of options going forward, but utilised everyone very, very well. Um, what I did think, though, the referee was a little bit lenient towards... I felt I felt the referee... Like Arsenal were getting tackled, and it's like every time it was a free kick because they got touched. And I just felt, it's, it's a game. It's, it's a game. It's a North London derby. It's going to be... It's going to be contact. Anyway, apart from that, did you catch it? Uh, only highlights, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I wasn't really around on Saturday, but mm. um, it's it's one of those. Uh, no disrespect to Tottenham at all, but I kind of <laughs> I kind of written Spurs off, to be honest, before it had even kicked off. Um, oh, here we go. <laughs> sorry. Um, don't worry. I think we both said in the Everton are going to do really well camp, so we're in the same yeah, boat. Yeah. Um, Skinner has worked so hard with that Tottenham side. Um, she, what she's doing is unbelievable. And um, mm. perhaps maybe start of the season, you're thinking, oh, this is a bit fluky. Um, mm. But actually, no, they're getting the results and they're playing well. Um, mm. Tottenham. Um, you know, when you look at last season and the performances, you know, Tottenham one nil down, two nil down, head mm. drop, yeah. lose the game, you know, three, four nil, and that's it. You know, story of Tottenham season. To turn that round, to turn the mindset of the players, and let's be honest, there's still quite a number of players that are, are still within that side of that the same team from last season. Um uh, and to get them playing um, in a unified way, um, yeah. in a controlled way, um, and then implementing, um, you know, what Rianne's looking for um, in a in a really positive way, like they have been, uh, is quite refreshing, to be honest. Um, and again, I just think it's a credit credit to them. Uh, credit to the work that she's done with the side. Credit to the players for putting the work and in, implementing it into them into the game. And and yeah, I, I definitely think um, it just goes to show that um, the growth and development is really starting to show. Um, 
you know, for, for teams like uh, Tottenham, Brighton, um, that have kind of probably been on the, a bit on the back burner, but are really starting to bridge that gap now. Yeah. I, I, he, he, there were some good performances from both from both teams. Um, and I don't know that there is a real Arsenal loving from the, the media journalists as everything's Arsenal is so fantastic and we need them. Uh, but I, I'm sure that a, a, a number of journalists had to walk away from that game and thought, this Spurs team, you know, they, they've, they've got some players. They can, I mean, this, they've got quite a few young players. So they're considering they, they arrived this season in, in the preseason. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a unified sense that you see when they play. And uh, Kit Graham, you know, very intelligent with the ball. Um, Superb, really stand out. Neville, um, always rated I, I, Neville. I thought, yeah, I mean, like, he has been an absolute servant to that club, honestly. Yeah, unbelievable, yeah. and um, still has a massive part to play. Oh, um, yeah, unbelievable yeah. player as well. And, yeah. and, and, and plays at either flank, yeah. She, she, and she gets overlooked at times as well, deserves a lot of credit for what she does, yeah. Um, you know, she's really good, really, really good game. Yeah, she's really starting to make um, a bit of a statement for herself. Um, and yeah, it, I I don't think they're becoming a joy to watch as, as such. Not, but not yet. But, but <laughs> you can see where it's going, you know, uh, and that's really promising. You know, if you're a Spurs fan and you're looking at that side, you you can't be anything but pleased with with how far they've come and in such a short time, really, as well. Yeah, for me, I don't mind if the game isn't isn't pleasing. The football doesn't always have to be pleasing aesthetically to the eye. Exactly. What I need to see from it's it's about the commitment and the application. And you know, you mentioned it last year. They conceded a couple of goals. It's almost like they just disappeared. Like you know, you blew out a candle and you just saw vapors dis like whispering away. There's a, there's a sense of being together and there's a sense that they're standing. So it's good. It's good for Spurs. It's good for Spurs fans. It's good for the league. And it kind of really unsettles the, you know, the, the, the other North London team that thinks that they're going to have it their own way all the time. You know, everyone else in the top five is now having to think, well, wow, um, not, not what we thought. Even if you get a result against them, looking where they are in the league, the league doesn't lie. From week to week, it tells it tells an accurate story. Fourteen points, fourth in the league. Yeah, you know, and that, and that's and that's it. And they are they they're a serious contender in terms of going forward. And for the coveted, you know, everyone's talking about Champions League. Um, that third spot should they be close enough? But the the other team that is in third place, like Brighton. Now I know that there was a, an issue about refereeing this weekend. You know, I know there was an issue in your game or, or the Man City Chelsea game with Manchester City should have had a penalty. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't happen. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that. But I just think in in terms of you know the 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 the, the women's football weekend and everyone's talking about the the teams, the fans, the attendance, and and the spectacle. That there were still there were still the rumblings of of the conversation about refereeing decisions, poor decisions, things that should have been blatantly a free kick or a penalty or maybe even a sending off, not not 
not given in, in, in the way of, of the team who made the complaint or has the the, the gripe. And I, 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 from my opinion, I think there's going to be those things. I think from fans, we can be too precious sometimes and ask for too much. Referee's going to make a mistake. I think just generally people make a mistake. Players make a mistake all the time in the game. That's why goals happen. It isn't always down to individual brilliance. Sometimes it's it's a mistake. Um, and it's going to be down to the individual who's managing the team as to what they do and how they do it. Um, so that in itself is the most important thing. But, you know, at Brighton's game, um, there was a talk about Brighton, the refereeing decision for Brighton and their goal. But Brighton, you know, as far as Brighton are concerned, they take the points. They take the points and, and they and they move on and they go forward. And they had the bulk of the game in terms of possession. But from their opponents, Leicester, I, I, I mean, the only saving grace for Manchester City and those teams done is that Leicester don't look like they can actually steal a point. You know, that's the, that is yeah. the saving grace at the moment because I think that Leicester... Leicester are in trouble and we're, we're, you know, so many games in, I would say that Leicester, they may have the sense of things moving in the right direction or, or being together. They, they need the win and they need a win very, very soon. But, you know, if you consider what happens to Manchester City and they concede four, but then they score four against Leicester, I think Manchester City fans and any, any other team in that part of the league uh, or the table, can feel comfortable, well, Leicester are going to ship guys. It doesn't matter who they are, um, you know, who they play. We we will be safe. So the, the league in itself right now is, is is showing a very clear picture. There is, you know, troubled waters for those teams at the bottom who are not used to being there, like Manchester City. Um, who are, You know, who else is there? Um, Everton below, Birmingham, um, who have, who have a, a familiar sense of being in that part of, of the, the table. But for the rest of it, you know, it's about middling. So it's it's about whether your, your league position can turn around. But for Leicester, I just don't see anything. They, you know, they, they have already 18 goals they've conceded. You know, it's just, it's not good. And, and that's just in seven games, so... It's, it's not going well. No. Not going well. Um, I, I think we said this last week, to be honest, but I like Jonathan Morgan. Um, yeah. I like I like him as a manager. I, I like Lester's ethos. I, I like what they're about. Um, you know, the deserving of the, the position within the WSL. And it would be a shame that, obviously, this, this season would be seen as a, obviously... A, a maiden sort of voyage, if you like, to the WSL and I one that doesn't last very long, you know. Like, like, like the Titanic, you mean? <laughs> Iceberg! You said, it. you said it, not me. Iceberg. Iceberg. It's come November. It's getting really difficult thing. Maiden voyage. You're not thinking, oh gosh. It's uh, not good. Yeah, yeah, you turn that into something cute. <laughs> I just I just I just kind of think it would be I'd feel for the Leicester fans you know yeah. they've, they've wanted this for so long they've obviously been on a, a, a long journey with them and they've waited a while to have their opportunity and and for it to be squandered within the first season would 
obviously be you know a real disappointment for them but um it still kind of takes me by surprise though because i did expect a little bit more from them um i don't know it, it, where the results are going to come for them but like you said a a win essentially would would really sort of turn things around and give them that little bit more confidence mm. i think to feel that they you know they have a sense of belonging i suppose yeah. um but where that's going to come um difficult to say i think it, it uh, you know i'm looking forward to when they play birmingham that's going to be a fixture mm. bet crazy that, looking forward that, to that uh, one no, but, but that that is a that is a christmas night that's it, for those of we, we it's a 19th of December fixture. Let's just say that. It's going to be a Christmas cracker. Mm. It's going to be a Christmas cracker. Well, it still depends if that's pre-Christmas party, post-Christmas party. Dubai party? <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. Leave it there. Right, since we've been talking about Leicester and they're close to the bottom, we might as well talk about the FAWC. Championship. <laughs> um, right, the tables. I know the tables, the tables. Look, the fixtures in terms of the last round of the championship were, let's just say, not so unusual, but they were, as they have been previously, unpredictable. Very unpredictable. Uh, I'll rattle through those very quickly. Uh, Durham hosted Liverpool and Liverpool get two goals. Two goals in the last 10 minutes or so to take that, take all three points. So they moved to the top of the table. Uh, Lewis uh, hosted Coventry, and I thought this might have been a banana skin, uh, but uh, Lewis um, uh, win by four goals to one. So Coventry uh, doing their impersonation of Leicester uh, in the championship. Uh, Bristol City at home to Blackburn. No problems. Three goals. Three goals and a big bumper crowd as well. So that would have felt really nice. Uh, Watford, who were at the bottom of the league for quite some time, but have now obtained another point with a 1-1 draw against Sunderland. The Sunderland are a very tricky team to contain. So to get a, a draw with them, great. But the, the standout fixtures, I think, for me, is the London teams who are doing really well. Crystal Palace is a London derby, Charlton. Um, after a, a, a big win last week, another three points against Charlton, three goals to two, pushing themselves up in the table. They're going up there. And I went to the game uh, and watched London City Lionesses take on Sheffield. Sheffield had a number of difficult results, and I thought this would be a very, very interesting encounter. Uh, London City take all of the points and they win and they push themselves into second place with 19 points 19 points so the league in the championship is very very it's, it's, it's i would say it's unpredictable because first it was sunderland then it was durham then sheffield was around round about there now it's liverpool i mean if you're close to the top four five you, you could easily spend a couple of weeks at the top of the table. Um, and, and and you just don't know. Did you catch any of the, the championship games at all, Emma, at all? No. <laughs> <laughs> I did tell you I was busy this weekend, though. Um, yeah. No, I'm joking. No, so, I knew you, I knew me, you didn't. But we, we did chat about this last week with Liverpool yeah. and whether you thought that they'd got it in them to to perhaps come back up 
to the WSL. And um, and like you said, it's it's all changed. Was it in front of a record breaking crowd as well? Uh, that, that bit escaped me. If it, if, yeah, if it did I, I think it was a. I believe there was a good crowd. I don't know. Someone might correct me, but but yeah, um, I, I think it's really pleasing. I think the the, the championship has a, a you know benefit to, benefited from the the women's football weekend as well. There was some good mm-hmm. crowds, and like you said, some good results as well. And you know, if you're looking at the table as a whole. The top half of the table, especially, I think, yeah, like you said, it, it's anybody's at the moment. And it just goes to show that equally, you know, we talk about how competitive the WSL is, but, you know, there are a really uh, competitive, um, you know, games going on in, equally in the in the Championship League as well and, and shouldn't be overlooked for, you know, entertainment purposes if you're looking at it that way. Not, not at all, not at all. And, and, you know, like I said, you know, I'd rather go and watch a game and not know enough about both teams and, and just be more entertained. And it might not be pretty football, but I can see the application. And I, 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 what I can say about uh, the games that I've watched is that every team has tried to play football. You know, they've tried to play football, you know, dependent upon the conditions, but they've tried to put the ball in. They've tried to work on patterns of play. They've tried set pieces. They've tried different routes. You know, there's, there's, for me, I can get entertainment from the games that I've watched and I can say wholeheartedly that they've been good games. Um, and that's why I really, I mean, I enjoy the WSL, but I really like the championship. Yeah. You know, there's, there, for I me, there's that, a, I, I don't think you're the first person to say that though. And I, and I don't, yeah. and I, and I think that is sort of, I think a lot more fans, especially those that have been following WSL now are really, really getting into the, the championship because I think, because we're really starting to see those teams transition between yeah. both. And so there's like a bit of an interest there with like the Bristol and oh. and Liverpool. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, we've all uh, kind of become a bit invested in it a little bit more, I think, um, as well. Um, and I, I, I do think, it, like you said, it is a really good league. Um, yeah. Very exciting. I think it's a duty as well. I think this series, I think uh, what, what, what I did pose, I think I posed this question I, I can't remember who I was speaking to. It might be when I interviewed Lily Ag, actually, and I interviewed Lily, and I said, um, "Wouldn't it be something that if they had like a, a WSL best eleven and and, uh, and excluding the foreign players and people are oh, you not allowed?" I'd be like, "No, just to exclude them, exclude the the the, the non UK based players and take the best eleven from the WSL and the best eleven from the Championship as a one off game, like create a kind of interleague trophy." to see what that would be like. And she was like, oh, yeah, that would be really... And I thought, why... You know, when people talk about, oh, we've got to grow the game, there are so many things that you could... Tr- and it doesn't have to be every year. You could just say, look, let's, we're trying something. We're going to try this. Mm. We're just, we're just going to try it and see what happens. It doesn't have to be, you know, seasonal thing where the, people have to buy into it and say, oh, this is too much. One-offs. You know, like you might go into the shop and think, you know what? I'm going to buy a Lucky Dip today. Might be lucky. Doesn't have to, you know. Sometimes you can be, you can afford that two pounds. You can afford it. Um, uh, let me see who's in the house. Stuart's gone like this. He's gonna the, the he says, "Oh, the FAW National League is where it's at." Do you know something? I, I need to start watching some of those. And this is another thing as well. We've got the footage from Sky. If you've got access to Sky, um, and obviously the beep for the, the WSL. We need more on the championship, please. 
We need more, and we need more for the National League. We need it. Need the more. National League, like, is where the investment needs to be. Yeah. Um, you know, grassroots is equally as part as important as you know, the you know working your way up, and it starts right at the bottom. You know, there's there's so many people doing such wonderful things, and a lot of them are volunteers as well. Let's mm. not forget. Um, you know that there's not much money in it for them and they do it because they love it. They love the game. And um, yeah, there needs to be definitely the pyramid uh, of how obviously the FA look at the grassroots and up and up. Um, It it, it definitely, we definitely need to see some improvements there because they're deserving of it. You know, resources, equipment, everything. Like let's just, let's just see that happen. Yeah. It just, it just needs to happen. Um, I, you know, what I, I did take, and I, I really should kind of spend a little bit more time talking about the game. I did go and see, um, I mean, London City Alliances knew that if they won, that they would probably go close to the top or be top, depending on fixtures. And Sheffield definitely needed it. And I, from watching the game, you could tell that, you know, both sets of teams were up for it. But I think London City Alliances had a little bit more of a bounce in their step because of their previous fixture. And they've done really, really well. And you could see within the first few minutes that it was going to be a, like like the, the the challenges and the tackles from both players um, were fully committed, and some of them were very heavy. Um, London City Lionesses have got some really good, young, talented uh, players. They have a particular player. I've got to get her name correct. Um, Muya um, just glides with the ball glides like and players get close to her and it doesn't matter what side they're on she'll spin away left right foot glide away um strong on the ball deceptively strong doesn't you know she's slight frame really good um but you know from both sets of 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 team of in terms of the players i would say that london city Lioness has edged it in terms of the individual battles on the pitch a really interesting battle between um, Courtney Sweetman Kirk and make sure I get the name right and centre back for um, London City Lionesses Harley Harley Bennett. You know you could see and they were not not kicking lumps out of one another, but both challenges that they were going up against one another. And it was for me, it was so good to see that someone who's a, a really good and recognised striker was coming up a, a very, very good and and street-smart centre-back. Um, and those are the kind of battles that I thought was that key in the game, and it was happening all over the pitch. It was happening all... At one point, there was a player that went over, over a barrier. I won't say how it happened, um, but, yeah, <laughs> there was... Um, there was a definitely. I kind of want to know how it happened, though. No, well, I think there was a bit of a shove. <laughs> there was a bit of a shove. Ball was going out of play. There's a bit of a shove, and, and there's a bit of. And I'd moved positions, and I'd gone round to see the pitch from another angle, and you know there was a couple of the referee decisions that I thought that, that both managers, probably more so, um, London City manager, uh, London City Linus's manager, was a little bit unhappy about because the, the challenges were were robust. But I would say that. You know, in the first 25 to 30 minutes, London City Linus has definitely had the upper hand. They were quicker to the ball. They were quicker to the second ball. 
Sheffield seemed to be slightly more defensive in their play. They weren't more, they weren't as forward thinking as I thought they were. And I've watched them the previous season. And, I t and you know what really stood out for me in this game, what they didn't have? Katie Walkinson. Because when she was in that team, uh, Maddie Kuzak in the midfield, um, they, just, she, they linked together. It was almost like telepathic passing, pass and move. Maddie Kuzak, her free kick delivery was always on point. And it just seemed, I was thinking, there's something not quite right with the fluidity of this team. You know, it's not Did quite I, right. You mentioned about Katie there. Did I read a story earlier in the week about her wanting to be top top goal scorer in the championship this season. I don't I don't know, but if she did, she should have stayed where she was. <laughs> because I was reading it thinking she's still at Coventry, right? Yeah. She's still you know at I mean? like I don't knock her ambition. I think that's awesome. Do you know what I mean? That's great. Yeah. You know, players have targets and that's great. Yeah. But I was thinking, yeah, if you was if you were still at Sheffield, I kinda I get, get it. it but... I get it, but not, 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 not right now. And what I would say about the um, going back to the game is that you know, uh, you know, I think for the goal that was scored, it was almost like it was a keeper error, you know, because um, there was a great pass to Courtney Swinman Kirk, and she like, like the pass bypassed um, London City Lions' defence. She ran onto it. The control was sublime just past the post and I'm not thinking it at that moment that was the moment when Sheffield really should have scored because they had like they, their defenders were like lost they just could not get back to her um and then Linus has got up and scored at the other end and then, and then it's kind of like a, not so much a rear guard action I think Sheffield then push on and then on, on many of the opportunities um LCL almost caught them out on the break again. And that's when you could start to see the challenges. And what I did notice, because I moved around the other side, because a lot of the people that are watching the game are some family members. You know, if a player makes a, you know, slips or they miscontrol the ball, the fans are giving a little bit of jip. And, and when, there are not, when there aren't so many fans there, you hear the comment more than you would normally. Because it's what, <laughs> you hear the comment more. And you could see... I could see almost like the comments that were made to some of the Sheffield players, it kind of got under their skin and I was thinking, this is the thing that you don't always recognise when you have home advantage, when the team has to travel away, unless you have a substantial amount of fans that follow you, that they don't, there isn't a mutual balance in terms of what's going on. So it's, it was, it, for me, it was a really, really good game from both teams. I would say that some of the decisions made by the referee was questionable. Definitely questionable. Some of the tackles that went in, I just thought, you know, could have been booked a lot sooner. I, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, but in, in terms of a, a game to watch as a neutral, really good. Really good. And there are some really good players and what I will say about London City Alliances is, is that every time I've seen them the play there there's a core of personnel but the, uh, Mel the manager has a way of changing individuals in different positions and, and and nothing changes in terms of the style of play and I think to myself okay if you can do that now already while players are still learning their craft then you have a very very good base to go forward mm. like for, not even just for this season, but going ahead, because this is like this is like a like a routine and say this is what we do, and it doesn't matter where you play in the team. When you're in that position, this is what we do. 
that's it. Um, good. So good for them. Right. I've just realized I've got to do some um, some comments because uh, Stuart has been rattling them off. He says, I'll take you to a good National League game and sign policy to where you can get some great matches. Uh, some great matches are at. Yeah, love, love to. Love to. I went to the game. I think I was the only one in the stadium, even though I was outside wearing a mask because I'm sad like that. Sure. I'm, I, I'm quite can I just do a bit of a shout out obviously yeah please please they're not going to be watching <laughs> because Why I don't not? even think they know I do this but um, obviously I, I do the media for Nini and Borough and yeah. their women's team this weekend uh, play Wolves women in uh, the Birmingham County Cup well, that's gonna be good is then. a massive draw and then eaten. Um, I don't. I don't think they're gonna. They don't think they're gonna win it. I'd love them to have a little bit of belief in themselves. I think that they could, but um, just. But again, like a massive opportunity. A massive. I mean, they're gonna get so much experience from playing a team like Wolves. Um, you know, and then, again, just at, at like that that level. You know, the National League level that we're, we're talking about uh, and below as well. You know, there are so many great teams within it and so many different pyramids and divisions. And, you know, there is definitely a local team near you that plays mm. that you might not even know about. Just just go and find out. Just go and have a look and, and go down and support your local team because they will appreciate your support, you rocking up and just cheering them on, honestly. There are some really great teams out there doing some great work. Yeah, the closest actually the closest team to me is Crystal Palace. That is strange that I grew up in this area and I ended up supporting somewhere or up north. Yeah, and you'd be surprised. I mean, like I've got like cousin uh, Ashton United, cousin Ashton. Uh, you know, it's quite quite a lot. Of, you know, if you really delve into it and have a look, and you look at the national league periods, and you look at the how they're regionalized, regionalized, mm. you might be surprised. Yeah, and it's you know, it might cost you a couple of quid. It might not even cost you anything at all. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Emma said. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's got a few more comments, Stuart. We do this before. He said a pyramid cannot be strong if. Uh, is its base is weak? Yep, but I bang on about it for ages. Um, it's things like league winners get zero prize money. That's not on. That can't happen. That can't happen. Uh, and he's he's giving me a little bit of facts here. This is the bit he goes. Um, LCL young forward at Atlanta Primus, daughter of Limvoy, is one to watch. Actually, she's not the only one, and, and she played last season as a more forward, as a, a much more as a forward in a much more advanced position. This season, she's playing almost like a number 10. So she drops off into midfield and she kind of like slots in between midfield and passing the passer move. And I mean, honestly, they've got some really good players in the team. She's very good. Um, her role has changed a little bit. So she's slightly more creative on the ball. Um, you know, Amy Rogers, uh, Molly Rouse, um, uh, there was a really interesting tussle going on on one side of the pitch between, and I've got to get the names, uh, Jamie Lee Napier and I think um, uh, Athlea Paul for, uh, for, for LCL and Sheffield. Really good. I mean, the I mean, honestly, the tackles, Emma, you could hear them. You feel like, oh, that was solid. And I was like, oh. And I think there was one challenge. I, I, 
Like the referee just said, play on. I'm like thinking, ref, you really got to stop the game for this because that didn't look right. But the ref was like, mm. and I honestly thought the referee was the same referee. Do you remember when um, Reading got um, a penalty because the referee thought um, oh, it was a it was a header. But it was a header. She thought it was handball. <laughs> I think it was the same rep. Oh, no. It was the same rep. <laughs> I don't know if I'm right. I might not I might not be right. I might not be right. Um, Stuart's got more comments. Uh, he goes, and Bunny Shaw's new forward partner for the reggae girls. Yeah, listen. Jamaica, women's national team, they're not even playing around. They're actually looking at the British young talent that have not been picked by the Lionesses. And this is the thing... I've not even gone. This is another show, Emma. When we saw the uh, initial selection by uh, Serena Wagman for the, the, the call up, there was no Ebony Salmon. And we went, How's Ebony not in? Yeah. And then they picked her and they didn't play her. And honestly, I sent a tweet directly to Ebony. I said, You know what? You might as well go and play for Jamaica. Don't even waste your time going to play for the Lionesses. It's not worth it. Not worth it. The Lionesses system for me reminds me of what England was like when I was growing up. That's what it reminds me of. It's not. It's not like the England men. It's a very different mentality. So, Atlanta Primus, all of those young talented girls, the Jamaican women's national team are looking at them, thinking, "You come and play for us, you'll go to the World Cup." Because there's no yeah. guarantee. There's no guarantee you go to the Lionesses. Because I can guarantee what will happen next World Cup cycle. It'll be the usuals. Well, the thing is, like a lot of a lot of players, we've seen it today, haven't we? A lot of players are getting their opportunities and they're deserving of it. I'm not gonna, yeah. you know, I'm not gonna say that they're not. Uh, but if you think about the players that are going to be coming back from injury, are those players going to be dropped? Do you know what I mean? Like you, you've got to play. No, you've got to play on form. Oh, Emma, you've got to play. Did, did, yeah, see, well, this we, is the, no, this is the argument, isn't it? You play yeah. on floor or do you play on on, but, on merit? No, no but the thing is, you've got to play. What, what is merit? If you've not played a game for a year, how can you get picked? For me, I'm looking at thinking to no, myself. But this okay. is this is you know this isn't an argument for now. This is going to be your no, argument in, I, in six I, months. I, th I, I think it's a. I, I mean, I would even use like Chloe Kelly, who I think is an absolutely fantastic player for club and country. But for England to automatically pick her straight away when she returns from injury would say something about the women's game and the lack of investment, not about players that are based in Europe and you're bringing them over. About the, It'll say something about the investment in terms of players that are here. It'll say something about the number of games that the league don't play. Because if you've got young players, you Ruby Mace can't get into your city team, and she's sitting on. The, why not? Why not? How we, how is Serena Vardy meant to pick the best English talent when the best English talent can't even get into Manchester City's team on the bench? So that's the that's what I'm looking at. I'm thinking you can't just go in and I know what Chloe Kelly can do. I think she's great. I'm thinking yeah, you definitely got to play for England, but you can't just come straight back in if you've been injured for six or seven months. You got to show me in your club form first that you can get can you say the same about Lucy Bronze yeah you got to be fit if you if you if you're if you're international manager and you're working on sentiment I, I don't even want to watch your your um 
your kind of like football games towards a tournament because it's sentiment. It's sentiment. If you're picking the best team, if football is about the best 11, just on that simple sentence alone, then sentiment doesn't come into it. It doesn't. Lucy Bronze is a seasoned professional. She will know she has to show that she is fit enough to be, because if she's not fit, let's just talk about the men's game, for example. Look at the, the debacle that's happened at Man United because Harry Maguire wasn't fit when he played. All of a sudden now people are trying to defend him because, oh, the manager shouldn't have picked him. I'm like, but he should be brave enough to say he's not ready. That's the, that's the argument and their sentiment comes in. So I, I totally get it. Lucy Bronze is, is, is head and shoulders. She, I doubt very much that she would even put herself in, the, in a position where she's not 100% for England, ever. I don't think she would do that. She's too much of a professional. That's almost like saying, Jesus, did you do the dishes? And he goes, of course I did. <laughs> and you'd just be, why are they still in the sink? Last comment. Where is this? I've got another comment. I've got more comments. Who's this comment from? Uh, Craig, uh, Alex Bailey's does great to FAW National League content for her team. Hashtag United. Okay. I best, uh, best look for that. Alex Bailey's. Right? Okay. Uh, and Stuart said agreed. And, and oh, I didn't know this one. This is a new one. Rachel Williams could have played for Jamaica. Wow. Really? That, that's, you hit me there, Craig. Oh, I don't know. I know that who's yeah, they've got a lot because a lot of their when I saw them the first time in the World Cup, really so many of their players were playing uh football in America because they did they were at college in America, so that kind of makes sense if that's possible. It's a good one, Craig. Stato. Craig's super stato, you know. I swear he is. That's really like surprised me that one. Half Jamaican. Is she? Yeah. That's what he's just put. Is it half Jamaican? Du, du, du. I'm, 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 I'm trying to. Craig, I'm trying to Google it now. So I've got a. Craig, where are you? I've lost you. Hold on, there you are. <laughs> See, Craig, this is what you don't understand, Craig. Being from someone who's from Caribbean, you know, bloodline. There's no such thing as half Jamaican. You're Jamaican. <laughs> if you've got the citizenship. There's no half. That's there's amazing. No, there's no half. If you can say that you've got Jamaican in you, or you're from that's it. No one's trying to say you can't be. The Caribbean world doesn't work like are you this hard. That's like if you can play for the country, that's it. You're all in. You're all in. Woo-hoo. Didn't know that. Rachel Williams could have played for Jamaica. Wow. Did not know that at all. I did not know that. Oh, listen, Emma. It's been an education, I love it. It's been more than an education. And see, I thought I didn't have anything to talk about because this was a poorly prepared podcast brought to you by Rodney Cyrus. That's what I should have called this instead of unstoppable. (laughs) I know, I know. I jest. Um, Emma, what are you doing this weekend? I'm not even going to ask you for score predictions because that would be too painful. Weekend. Um, hmm. At the minute, um, Villa Saturday. Uh, I can't get to the United game tomorrow, which I'm a bit gutted about, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it's a bit, it's a bit 
like too much for me to finish work yeah. to, to get yeah. over there. So I'm going to be watching. No, it's that not in Manchester, really, is it? Though, is it? No, it's a bit of a trek. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm watching that one at home. Uh, Saturday I'm at the academy, back at the academy for Villa. Um, yeah. Sunday I am going to go to the Manchester Christmas markets. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. This weekend I am. I was I'm... talking about going to the the Arsenal game. To be honest, at United. Really? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I think I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna spend a bit of time with my wife. Yeah, well, look, I'm gonna. I'm not going to watch any football this weekend. I'm actually going to go and spend time with my partner. We're going to the cinema. I don't know what we're going to watch, but we are going to watch something and get a nice takeaway because it takes a lot of time doing this. And sometimes I just got to pause and say, "Hey, yeah, there's a real world happening outside." As much as I do love the game, no, definitely, I and game. I will probably say, on behalf of myself and everyone. Enjoy it. You deserve it, mate. Honestly, have a good <laughs> time. You. I'm going to try. I don't know what we're going to watch. I don't know. I'll tell you what I did watch, though, not too long ago, before we go. Um, June. Have you seen it? You're not sci-fi. You're not no, sci-fi. Not, not sci-fi. No. I went to watch that at the IMAX, and uh, me and my friends, it was like, we went, and I said, oh, I-, I could do Friday morning. I said, I've got some work in the afternoon. He said, yeah, yeah, get the tickets. So we you know, went to the cinema and I said, um, I goes, yeah, you should be nice and empty. We're like, no, no, no. He said, um, this was the only showing that had seats. There was one at one o'clock, there's one at four o'clock and there's one at like nine o'clock and they were all sold out. There was an IMAX in Waterloo, which is absolutely massive. Walked in, packed. And I'm like, I think it's 10 o'clock in the morning on a Friday. These people should be at work. Why are they doing it? Stuart uh, just said Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah. No, no. Do, do, honestly, if you June on a big screen, absolutely amazing. I've never, I've never even heard of it. So. Oh, it's old school. Oh, come no. on. Oh, no, you're still. Oh, you're, oh, yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> Ghostbusters. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to watching um, the new Matrix ones. It comes out. That's all I'm going to say. Ooh, yeah, I would like to go and see that. Have you seen the trailer? Yes. Yeah, I do really yeah. fancy that. I, 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 I was because, like, it, this is totally not even relevant to anything. This is not even. <laughs> this is not even football. We have like um, we do a thing at Christmas where we like to go to, as a like a family go to the cinema, and we always pick like a a family not like a family film, but like just a movie at Christmas to go and see, you know, to get into the mood. And um, I thought I thought Avatar two was out this year. Um, mm. and they were like it's not it's not out till next year so I was like the only other films is like Matrix or West Side Story so which ones you want to go and see and they're all like none of them so I, I'll be going on my own like Billy no mates to go watch Matrix no more. no 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 you, you can't go to the well you can I've, I've watched the Matrix the first one after two but the Matrix the new one that's coming out I think I was watching the trailer and it got to the bit where the two characters, you know, like they shook hands and she just looked at him and she went, do I know you from, and then I stopped it. I went, oh, I don't want to see any more. I just thought to myself, just that bit there, thought, oh, this looks too good. I need to stop now. Yeah. I need to stop. This is I, it. I am uh, really, honestly looking forward to that. It's, it's one of those well. though as well, though, you're a bit like, oh, it's been so long, they're going to do it do the franchise justice are they going to like 
just so take, I think they've taken wait. it back to the beginning. Yeah, I honestly yeah. think they've taken it back, which is just great. Uh, Shahan, last one, he goes, we in the Vixen Plus are going to Watford to watch Bristol City play away on Sunday. I hear one of the presenters from the <laughs> so maybe they love that. <laughs> you should go. <laughs> Uh, do you know what? I've I I had looked at certain games to go to, and I had planned to go. I haven't been to Watford to watch them play, and I would love to. But I just felt this weekend, I just need, I just need to pause. I need to pause, and I I will watch the football on the FA player. I'm going to be a home fan. I'm going to do it from the armchair and you know by the breakfast bar, and um, I will cheer on everyone else. And yeah, I just need to to just kind of get back to ground zero and be a bit normal, if that's possible. Emma, it's been great. We've gone over time. Thank you very much as always for being. Yeah, everyone can find Emma. The, the the Twitter handle is there in the is at Emma under Sean, or not at Emma under Short, as she was called in. <laughs> you're not uh, sure at all nobody gets and nobody gets it right ever so <laughs> call me what you, um, want. You what you want yeah look how i um hopefully this week i will be releasing an interview that i did with uh, Cheryl casal i did that earlier in the year and uh, it's taken me a while to edit so that should be out and i spoke to also an organization called we make footballers you can check them out on twitter uh, doing really good stuff for grassroots so hopefully that should all be out very very soon anyway uh, this was on and off the pitch I'm Rodney Cyrus that's MR this was WSL FAWC pod chat laters everybody gonna go now laters ah. <laughs>